Thinking Out Loud, you already know what this is. It's your boy J Lip at I am J Lip on Instagram. Holler at me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Get at me wherever you can. But the home is TOLpodcast.com. That is T-O-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot C-O-M for all those who need to know. I don't have no shame for y'all. We all suffer from a little bit of illiteracy at times, but TOLpodcast.com is the home. That's where you can find all these episodes. And I got my man in the building, my bro, one of the big homies. One of the big homies. <laughs> Trying to I find the name. Say Andrew, something or like get no, bigger? no, no, no. Andrew Justice. <laughs> Andrew Justice is in the building. Andrew, you, how you Lip. feeling? Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, for a second there, I thought I was going to be on a spelling bee. Nah, it's just uh want to make sure everybody's aware and coherent and uh, shit. I just want to make sure everyone knows who I'm talking to. So <laughs> No, that's, that's helpful. No, I get it. So with that being said, I want to jump into the first topic because we know time is limited for everybody. We got families mm-hmm. and all that. So mm-hmm. let's go with the first topic that we talked about in the mm-hmm. pre-roll, uh, in the you know post-production or the pre-production. Sure. Go ahead with the question Absolutely. that you had. Let's well, go I ahead. Remember the, the first two podcasts were more you asking me questions, and so I have oh, a yeah. burning question that I would like to ask you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Let's and get. So let's basically, get it. from my perspective, the Republicans have clearly been the best political party for the black community, and yet, over the last sixty years, the black community has almost wholeheartedly supported the Democrats. Why is that? Hmm. Okay. Interesting question. I will say this. To you, Andrew Justice, it comes from a place as far as I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for all black people. That's Mm -hmm. not my responsibility, even though it is yours for all white people. But regardless, (laughs) I can only tell you this. I was raised in a certain atmosphere where the Democratic Party seemed to have a certain sense of empathy for those who are disenfranchised. So if you have a party that is saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is typically the Republican party, the counter argument to that is, well, what if I don't have any damn boots? And that is the democratic party. So the democratic party is saying, I'll give you the boots. I'll give you the food. I'll give you the housing. I'll give you the means for you to get up out of whatever situation you are in to make yourself better. Now, whether that is effective or not, that's not the question, nor is Hmm. it for me to discuss at this point, because you didn't ask that. But what you did ask, no, what you you did ask (laughs) is why? And that's the why. The why is this is how I was raised. I was raised in a household where Republicans were conservative white males who toted guns and had a hatred for black people. And in a democratic society, we were told that this is the society where we look out for the people who can't do for themselves, the disenfranchised, those who need help, those who need the type of support that they can't get within their own environment, the government will support you. So that is why, by and large, I have been a, how do you say, I've been indoctrinated into the democratic party. However, I will say, after having stepped out of that 
kind of realm of my familial situation, my college situation, and now having worked almost a decade in a corporate atmosphere, I do see the impact that, you know, quite honestly, there's more money to be gained from being a Republican, being a conservative. <laughs> I want my money. So I want my bread. I want my I chips must have missed with dip. The, uh, membership checks. <laughs> I want my chips with dip. And so Understood. I want that right. and that's where I and that's where I line on when people say I'm fiscally conservative but I'm socially uh liberal. Yeah. So I do believe in the fact that there's a certain space where people say, you know, you know, I don't care if, you know, people who are gay want to get married, blah, blah, blah. But I still don't want my taxes to go up because I need as much money as I can to support my own family. So that's the answer to the question is it's an indoctrination from your family that you carry along with you. And it's almost like a lineage. Um, I equate it to the lineage of the people who I've encountered who have a certain sense of racism within them. And it's not a racism that is because they are a racist quote unquote but they are ignorant to the fact that the things that they may think or say are insensitive to different cultures i had mm-hmm. a person at my job who we had a lunch one time and i've shared this story with only a handful of people but we've had a conversation where we were sitting at one of the best mexican restaurants and i hope they give me a plug Elva Carroll, please pay me for this. But with that being said, we were at a lunch and this individual said, you know, my brother, he saw a woman who he was attracted to. And he said that, you know, she looked pretty good for a colored girl. And that hurt my heart because in today's day in society, it's either black or African-American. If you want to be politically correct, African-American, cool. If you Oh, want you to mean be literally relic- said colored. Oh, yeah, he said that to my face. He said that as if it rolled off his tongue. Nah, that's a, yeah, it's a bridge too far. I I understand. And so when we came back to work, the other two individuals who were with us, they both tapped my shoulder and said, "Um, do you want to file an HR grievance against him? Do you want to do X, Y, and Z? And I said, no. And I put in that instance my financial gain or potential in front of my integrity. My integrity told me he was wrong for what he said. But however, what I've learned as an adult, 32 years old now, is that there are certain people who just don't know. They just don't know. If you're in an isolated, this man grew up in Lima, Ohio. So if you grew up in an isolated environment and you see only what the news shows you about black people and you refer to us as Negroes, colored, niggers, whatever it is, it's 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 that that's your reality and i understand that but it doesn't make it right but it doesn't did you ever say anything to him about it i couldn't because at that time again i put forth the fact okay. that if i were to say something it would jeopardize my opportunity for a full-time position at this company oh, i see okay so i put uh-huh. my, i put the money in front of my integrity my integrity well, i mean I, I think that's a that's an overly harsh way to put it i mean i certainly see where you're coming from but I, I can I I don't think that you sold your integrity by not saying anything. Well, I won't say sold, but, but I I do feel like I sacrificed because well, that's, if, yeah, if that's it was a, in Detroit, if 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 it was back home and somebody said, "Yeah, she looks good for a colored girl." The next question is, so now you have a different type of spectrum of beauty between the races? 
Like you believe. Well, I mean, clarify this for me. Did you did this happen in Columbus or did it happen in Detroit? This happened in Columbus at Elvin oh. Carroll on Rome Hilliard oh, yeah, as right. an intern in 2009. Now mm. yeah, we'll have to talk more about that uh, outside the podcast. I'd be interested to see who's. No, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have the conversation. <laughs> but that did happen, so that molds my perception. Okay. That molds my my perception of the type of people that I am around or the type of people that I work with. And it's very hard to make a distinction between is this the way that this man thinks because it rolled so comfortably off his tongue that it was like, is this yeah, just I mean, how I you hope think? This is like some old guy that no, it's not, and it wasn't even an older guy. It was a guy probably yeah. about seven to ten years older than me. But his experience and in, in his lifestyle, that's what they refer to for black people. And I'll give you one other example is. I had a guy come up to me and say, as I was a full-time employee, say, do you prefer or do your people prefer to be called black or African-American? And I said, well, call me whatever you call me at home. His <laughs> jaw dropped to the ground. Yeah, he I mean, that's, turned, a good, that's a beautiful response. He Kudos turned around. He, 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 he turned around. He said, okay. Turned around, walked back to his desk. He had no response for that. So that means to me... And again, I'm not using crude terms to be crass, but if you see a black person that beat up or robbed or killed someone and you say, oh, here goes another nigger that's doing, you know, foul stuff on, you know, the good culture or the, or the good Americans. If that's how you refer to me, that would make sense of why you want to ask me how I want to be referred as. Because you don't know what type of black person I am, but uh, I'm a black guy. I'm just no, a guy. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. But I, so I, I'm not defending what this guy said. And who know? I don't even know who the guy is, so I don't know what he was thinking. I'll tell you but his name off air. I can't say it on air. I'll tell you his well, name off air. Well, okay. I mean, well, we'll talk about it later. I'm just saying that you know, as, as the <laughs> as the representative of the white community, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Ivory. Go ahead, Ivory. <laughs> no, I'm Ebony. Ivory. No, I, no, no. no. I, Ivory Justice. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I rejoice. All right, Ebony Lip. Here, so this is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony Lip, let's go. <laughs> go ahead. I, I have no idea what this guy was thinking, but I do know that um, I think everywhere uh, in the community, white, black, everywhere, that there, there's the uh, an un there, there's the desire to respect every individual and respect every individual's wishes. And that right. puts everyone in a, in a weird position where, you know, you may be okay being referred to as a black American. I mean, clearly there are people in the black community who don't like that. They want to be referred to as African American. And That's so, cool. yeah. I mean, somebody who wants to respect that, though, I mean, it's almost like every time you come into someone, every time you meet someone new, oh, how should I refer to you? Mm. Right? Yeah. And I mean, you, kind of, you see a very similar... Um, analogies in the uh, the trans community right right because you know pronouns matter yeah. right exactly like so yeah. you know you meet somebody new oh should i refer to you as a man a woman a uh, something else that's that, <laughs> a man <laughs> a woman or something else what the hell right. is something else well I, you know i just want to put it out there in case uh, i'm missing a Missing a gender? <laughs> what right. the fuck? Come on, man. I don't know. I, you know I, hey, see, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So, right. I'm just saying. Like, so, I, you know, I would say that you know, maybe if you want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, which I did, which I did. maybe you know, he, maybe he just referred to you as black, and you know, he was surprised that he thought 
that you thought that he thought something else in the privacy of his home. I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, every time we have the uh, white people meetings, we never refer to anyone. So the anyone KKK the meetings, you guys anyone. never talk about it? I'm sorry? You said that the KKK meetings, you guys never uh, talk about it? I don't say that. It? Oh, that's a bridge too far. Well, well, okay, what's the, what's, what's the white meetings? Um, it's a joke, man. I'm just joking. Like, oh, okay. Like, Let's we all make get sure. together and, like, talk about this so we can be unified in our actions. I, I mean, obviously that doesn't happen. You know, we don't. It's I, I mean, one of the most interesting things about this podcast is how tight knit you refer to the black community, right? And so that's because why it I'm sounds black. so funny. I say white community, right? And, because and I, you know, I and I appreciate that, and I can I can understand that, um, Andrew. I do appreciate the fact that you're being called to the table to represent because you have the courage to have the conversation, which is why I can joke with you and we can have. <laughs> We can laugh about this. Like mm-hmm. it, the situation at the time, it wasn't funny. But no. right now, we're talking about this. It, like, oh man, come on, man. The, the color girl, like, come on, man. Like, it's yeah, no. it's, it's two thousand. At that time, it was two thousand and nine. It was like in two thousand and nine. You still think of black people as colored? You might as well have said the negress. Like, yeah, I mean, you know. So a lot of my family comes from, uh, let's say, rural Ohio. Okay, and even being rural Ohioans, I've never ever heard any of my family refer to any black person in any other word other than African American or black. I grew up, never heard the N word, never heard any disparaging other word. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I mean, color to me sounds like the dude just walked out of the 1960s. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. So I I don't blame you. I mean, hopefully you're you agree that we can joke I, about it now because here's it's so the funny weird. part. I still work with this person. Oh. I still work with this person. This right. person, as a matter of fact, I will say this: we had a conversation at lunch one time, and this was the last time that I had lunch with this individual, where I said that I celebrated the fact that it was announced that the government had decided that they were going to do tax um, incentives that were going to be. Um, I forget what the term is, but basically you get a kickback if you pay your student loan interest. You get a kickback mm. for that. If, you, if you're if you a homeowner, of course, you know. Yeah, you get the mortgage get, tax expense. Sure, it, same thing. Exactly. So I celebrated that. Even though I didn't have a home, I still said that's a great move in the right direction. This person told me, you know, you shouldn't celebrate that because you should just pay for what you owe, which is your education. I said, okay, cool. Got you. I said, for me, I had to take out student loans for four years of college at $15,000 a year at Michigan State. That's about uh, roughly 15, 30, 45, 60. You know, add on some interest, yeah. let's say 75. So let's say $75,000. I said, I said, that's a great savings and that's a great opportunity. And he said, well, I went to school and my father paid for me to go to school. And I said, <laughs> well, I didn't have a father to pay for me. And what he said was, well, my father loved me. So he paid for me. That was mm, the last yeah. time that was the last time that I ever had an interaction on a social level with this individual. Is and this the same individual? Same individual. And yeah, these, I don't know. And I, these, are guy... the, these are the situations, um, Andrew, that I talk about when I say it gives a bad rap to the culture. It gives no, a bad it. rap. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's just a stupid thing to say. I mean, if you're thinking about the person I think you're talking about, 
I would just say that that guy's a moron and kind of leave it at that. But certainly, that's just a dumb thing to say. And and, and it's, I don't know. And it's not it, really. It's not to me. I guess the biggest issue was it's not value added. Like you don't nah, right. add anything to that. You're just basically kind of almost bragging about the fact that culturally, you had a person in your life who took care of you, and we know that historically and statistically. Young black men do not always have the fathers in their lives. We that's just that's a statistical fact. So I blame the Democrats, by the way. And and I and we can go into that, but I will <laughs> say I had a father in my life who I was born to, but did not feel the need or the desire to take care of me as a child, and so he absolved himself from that responsibility. Then I had mm-hmm. another man come into my life who did adopt me, who I take mm. my namesake from, and that's who I am as Lipsy. Um, that I mean, you know, this is a podcast, so I'm just being transparent. That that man, he adopted me, and he was my father my whole life. Mm-hmm. No. What happened with him and my mom as they aged and they went through adult situations? You know, they were unfortunately divorced, but. That's still the person who I refer to as my father. So okay. I will say that it it bothered me in that moment that he would use that as almost like a weapon of I'm better or I am superior yeah, in regards, know. you know, that's the it's, way that I took it. Something and I, like that is obviously stupid. And it could obviously, I mean, I could see why you would be upset about it. But, but, I, mean, but I Andrew, could also when see where we, he was just trying to make a dumb joke and then. But it wasn't you know, a joke because everyone left the table after he said that. And our whole well, right, group but I mean, left the it, table. I, maybe in his mind it was a joke. Like, not that he was saying anything necessarily about to your say father. say that my father loved me. Okay, let me ask you this. So well, I, know, I know that you have multiple children i know that you're a great father i personally know that you're a great father you have a wonderful for any of them you know they're within your you're you're a great father you're you have a wonderful wife but if someone were to ever and i mean ever challenge your due diligence to your children and to your marriage i feel like you would have a feeling or you would have an emotional response that would yield some type of reaction now granted what that reaction would be depends on your moral compass. If you're no, a... no, agreed. And so what I'm, my opinion is that what he said was stupid, regardless of your race. I mean, that's just a dumb thing to say. I, I mean, but when do we, but when do we draw the, the line? Have... When do we draw the line between saying that it's dumb and when do we say that it was something that was based off of, uh, I guess you would say, a cultural indifference. That's, well, that's... But I, I mean, that's just it. So in my opinion, you can you can take this one of two ways. You could assume that it was a dumb joke that had nothing to do with race, or you could assume that it was a hurtful joke that was specifically due to race. And so, I mean, you might when see you me say kind of my father loved me. When you say I went to school because my father loved me. Come on, man. Like, let's let's be real, man. Let's let's be real. This is thinking well, out loud. This is no, thinking out loud. And the funny thing, the, the interesting thing. Ain't shit funny about that. You want me to tell you what the funny thing is? The funny thing to me is that I have no intention of paying for my kid's college. So if my kid were to make a joke about that, I'd be like, you know, I love you, kid. And that's why I'm not paying. But you're absolutely right. In this situation, it was dumb. And, you, you know, know what's bad. funny? He knew. I think that's the difference, uh, Andrew. He knew that 
I was a child of a single parent household. Well, okay, but if he knew that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I don't know what else I can say about this. It's dumb. No, and it's not on you. I'm just I, making. I knew the guy, so I yeah, could ask. Yeah, so you do know the guy, and I'm well, not going to put him out there. Was. Yeah, you won't have to play like uh, what's that Guess Who game where it's like, oh, does this person wear glasses? <laughs> no, okay, well, it's not not him in it. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to get too caught up on this. I just want to make that known that these sure. situations occur. Um, I definitely want to get into the topics okay. that we had. Well, let's just say this real quick because I think it's very interesting that you and I have almost identical childhoods because I, you know, my parents got divorced when I was four. My mom raised me. I mean, my biological father, I saw him on, you know, one week in a month, a couple months in the summer. So that's a little bit different, but you know, my dad didn't pay for my school. Mm. He gave me, I think a quarter's worth of tuition at the Ohio state university. And, uh, you know, my mom, I think paid another quarter and then the rest was, uh, you know, up to me. And I, and so, you know, I feel like you and I are two peas in a pod, right? I mean, we, I'm driving a busted up old Civic and you got matching his and her cars, but you know, I got, but it goes back to the whole point (laughs) of, we have more in, we have more in common than we have that we're different. We always talk about this, but it's just, it's me and you saying this. And I hope that people that are listening can understand that we may not look alike, but we have more in common than we have that makes us different. And the things that make us different aren't bad. It's just what makes us different. And we can have a conversation about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like one of us went to an elite uh, Big Ten school and you went to Michigan State. So, oh, my (laughs) God. Okay. with that being said, and I don't want to use too many expletives about that. But with that being said, minimum wage. Yeah, let's talk about it. So hearkening back on the uh, the Democratic Party's reign of terror over the last 150 years. Here we go. One of the interesting things that I find is their ardent support for minimum wage. And the thing that surprises me the most, and this isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't something that Andrew Justice came up with. This, this is known. This, this was known from the beginning. They, the guys who came up with the policy of minimum wage said at the time that they are explicitly doing it in order to starve the black race out of existence. And I don't understand why Democrats support it now, and they so openly support it. Um, and either they don't know the history and they shouldn't be making economic policy or they do know the history and they're just evil. Ooh, evil is a strong term. Well, I mean, it is a strong term, but I'm a strong man and I feel strongly about this. No, I don't don't know how to respond to that. It's a strong (laughs) term, but I'm a strong man. So what the hell? Like just strength is surrounding us. Like, I don't (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding, but but no, but seriously, if you read if you read the the pieces at the time, the you know the the New York Times of the day when the Progressive Party got on their platform and they said they said in no uncertain terms, you know we're tired of the freed slaves coming up here and taking jobs from the white man. So what we're going to do is we're going to establish a minimum wage, and what that minimum wage does is exactly what the current minimum wage does. It says that employers cannot pay less than some amount. And they said that if we do this, employers will hire the typically more educated white employees over the black employees. And remember, there's no welfare, WIC, Medicaid, Medicare. You have a job or you starve. And that's that was the reality of the time. So do you and believe ex- that that's a fair way to run a society? No, no, no. Have- I'm not saying it. No, no. But see, that's just it is I as a Republican don't support that. And I don't understand why. 
I don't even understand why we still have a minimum wage when the people who designed it said from the beginning that they know people are going to starve. The point of the legislation is to starve people, and their hope was that specifically the black community starves. And, I mean, kudos to them because they were exactly right. Mm. They knew people were going to starve. They said that people were going to starve. People starved. I mean, they didn't hide any of this. They didn't say, oh, you know, we feel bad for everybody, so we're going to set a living wage. They said, we are doing this to starve the people we don't want in society. So what do you think about the candidates, at least the few out of the 12 Democratic candidates that have said they believe in reparations for black people that include raising the minimum wage up to $15 an hour? Well, no, I, I think that anyone who supports minimum wage is a moron. If they support it from the economic standpoint. Well, you mean raising minimum wage. Don't, well, you don't mean anybody who supports minimum wage. You mean this. I mean the candidates who get on TV and they say, oh, I care about you. So I'm going to raise the minimum wage to $15. Yep. I, they're, they're either liars or they're morons. But I, what about know, the I, states who are already raising minimum wage right now? Yeah, and look what's happened. No, New you York's, tell us. You're yeah, the I knowledgeable mean, person. Massive unemployment. Right, so, I mean, here's the, here's the truth.